you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. I call a pussy Hello and welcome back to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today is a writer of a sci-fi project, uh, Danny Avila. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you for being on, and we are very excited because we're going to be talking about... At the start of the new year and the new decade. So we felt this was appropriate. And there are a lot of characters in the game that have already been introduced. And the game I'm talking about, obviously, is Looney Tunes and the World of Mayhem. This is the role-playing game available to download on all mobile devices that lend to this theme. So I will highlight a couple of them in the show. But first, we're going to dive deep into... Duck Dodgers. In a time of space, but how would the universe survive? century. And that intro from Duck Dodgers the TV show was from Tom Jones and the Flaming Lips, which is why it sounds so damn good. And also it has like this jazzy flavor that I really love. Uh, What do you think about it, Danny? Um, I loved it. I always loved it. It was one of the first things that drew me to Duck Dodgers. Just that music catches you immediately. Yeah, it sucks you right in. And you're ready to go on this adventure with, uh, you know, I mean, these comic antics that happen within the show are just so, like, in line with what Chuck Jones and Michael Maltese had created back in the day. And we're going to start with that, actually. We're going to go back to 1953 when Duck Dodgers and the 24th and a half century, the first short appeared and everyone was blown away by the concepts that were futuristic, but also familiar, but also like Jetsons-like, but this was before Jetsons even. And uh, I mean... I can't even imagine what it was like to be in a theater and watching this. Like, the audience must have been losing their mind. <laughs> this short stars Daffy Duck and Porky Pig, obviously voiced by Mel Blanc, and directed by Chuck Jones with that amazing Maurice Noble flair. And in the commentary, we actually learn that uh, Maurice Noble came up with all of these wacky creations for the set designs and they just incorporated all of them into the short themselves. The style and just a lot of the background, the layout is very reminiscent of a lot of the the B movies of the olden time when sci-fi was still considered trash as a novel, both in novel and in uh, 
movie format you know no, no one really took sci-fi serious until after star wars you know right and and it definitely has that aesthetic of those like classic b movies and buck rogers flash gordon just like the classics exactly and it was interesting to hear that this actually inspired george lucas and was loved by george lucas and steven spielberg when they were kids and when they were watching cartoons and i also found out that this actually played before the re-release of Star Wars in theaters again. And that is really special. I wish we did that more. I wish the movies that were coming out that had these Looney Tune flares to them had a, an original short that played before it, you know? I mean, maybe we'll get that. I, I don't know. But the whole new series that's happening on HBO Max and and on, uh, I guess on YouTube, if they release them there as well, that will have such an impact if they're in theaters and available in these other places for more eyes, more audience members to get infatuated with that world and come back to the Looney Tunes because they're thriving where we just aren't seeing them in the same places. But to dive deeper uh, into this short, they are looking for Planet X. And now then, eager young space cadet. Here is the course we shall pursue to find Planet X. Because Planet X has Illudium on it. And if you're playing the game, Illudium is a major quantity of an item that you'll want to uh, collect because uh, it allows you to unlock more character traits and um, and even more character... Um, I guess it's farming, right? But it's, like, it's basically character pieces. Character pieces, yeah, right. Yeah, they, they spawn as certain random generators depending on which how you select them. But yeah, you, that's basically how you unlock characters by getting this Illudium, which, which is what they're after on Planet X. In, and it is described as the shaving cream atom. I don't know what that means, but it is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, love this, uh, I love this detail because it could have been anything, you know? Like there's always this MacGuffin that characters have to go after and find, but for it to be like some just absurd thing like this is just great. And then Daffy goes and tries to map out how they're going to get there. And Porky's like, well, I know, I know how to get there. We're just going to follow the alphabet <laughs> that's listed and out on the planets. Out the window, you see them flying past the planets A, planet B, planet C, exactly. like literally. <laughs> and and then, of course, in natural uh, Duck Dodgers fashion, he says, hey, I have an idea. What if we follow the planets A, B, C, D <laughs> until we get to planet X? Of course, stealing you know, Porky's, uh, Porky's original idea. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I love it. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> of all the stupid suggestions. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I think I've got it. I'll just bet that if we follow those planets, we'll find Planet X. Yeah. How do I do it? I don't know. And uh, I want to po also point out the sound design. It's not just Carl Starling's amazing score with this futuristic sound to it. it it's the sound design accompanying that score and accompanying the humor. There is even a moment where Porky blinks and the sound amplifies the humor and the joke that that just happened to come after. Like, it's it's so well done. It's so well plotted. And the humor just rolls off the the character's lips and and the from like plot point to plot point you're just with it um and then you have marvin the martian come into it i claim this planet in the name of mars Ooh, isn't that lovely mm. who actually isn't marvin the martian at this time 
Uh, that's right. Um, it turns out he didn't actually have a name. I believe he was just called the commander of the X two ship or something. And one yeah. of the and uh, one the of his Martian first appearances. Command. Yeah, and by this uh, the time of this short, um, which is not his first appearance, but he was still just known as the Martian commander. He didn't actually have the name Marvin quite yet. Right. Uh, but Chuck didn't name him later on. But uh, Chuck never directed a Marvin the Martian cartoon where he was called Marvin, which is ironic. Um, but yeah, I mean, Marvin is such a great foil to Duck Dodgers in this. And obviously he translated into the series as a main protagonist. Um, and it, it just, it works. Like everything about this works. Like he's so, he's violent and he's like dangerous. And Duck Dodgers is kind of a, a playful with his violence and he's he's obviously antagonistic uh, toward uh, Marvin. So like he's he's not uh, he's not just taking it. He's kind of provoking it and then taking it, and it adds to the humor in that way as well. Fire when ready, Grizzly. And that's kind of what makes Doug Dodgers just so great. Just that overwhelming confidence of he's just so sure of himself but he also knows he has no idea what he's doing and i felt like we just you can connect to that on like so many levels oh, how many it's so t- relatable yeah yeah how many times have you been at a party or been at a, at a job and you're like i have no idea what i'm doing but i'm gonna you know just go into it with confidence and make it look like i know what the heck is going on but the good thing about duck dodgers and for for the audience is that he He's going to miss he's going to make a mistake and he's going to mess up and it's going to backfire on him but he does it with such confidence that it's hilarious and it really adds to the humor and it's just it's amazing the the writing and the swiftness of the conflict and um I love it it's great yeah they instantly start fighting for the ownership of planet x and the whole MacGuffin of the Illudium is completely forgotten about. Oh, but yeah. like it's with, <laughs> it with doesn't all, matter. Yeah, with all the slapstick <laughs> and, and everything going on, you just you don't even think about it till, you know, after the fact or if you even bother to think about it at all. As I was saying, Buster, this planet ain't big enough for the two of us, so off you go. The only other thing is uh when he's drawing on the star chart, he spits out a good minute of just scientific mumbo jumbo of we're gonna do a stellar hop and we're gonna do a quantum <laughs> transpose. Starting from where we are, we go 33,600 turbo miles due up. Then west in an astro arc deviation to here. Then following the great circle, seven radio loops south by down east. By astro astrobo to here, here, and here. Then by space navigo compass to here, here, and then to here, and here. By 13-point stratocumulus, bearing 4 million light years, and thus to our destination. Now, do you know how to reach Planet X? Like, I don't even remember what he said, but (laughs) it is so just like, it just calls back to all the the sci-fi scientific nonsense that doesn't actually mean anything. You know, it's, it's, it just immediately elicits, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, and them trying to explain how the warp drive works or, you know, whatever it may be. And that scientific mumbo jumbo is just like, nerds like me love that stuff. <laughs> I love it too. And it also is reminiscent of that uh, Buck Rogers, like what it's exactly like taking from and, and parodying. 
Um, they did their research and they really make the language stand out as a character of itself. Like you have this incredibly uh, supernatural situation of uh, flight through space and finding this far off planet to find this rare antiquity. But like it's done in a really fun and like uh, almost like a modern sense. Like it, does it feel more modern now than it did back when it came out in 1953? I mean, I would say so, but yeah. but I mean, I wasn't there, and right, know. exactly. <laughs> so it's we'll, really hard to say. We'll never know, but it, yeah. it, it does have this modern flair to it that I, I get when I watch it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, every sci-fi since then, you know, uh, be it cartoons or, or or movies, have all borrowed from the same source material. You know, Star Wars borrows from Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers, and I mean literally we had a, a brand new star wars come out what like a month ago yeah yeah and it's so i mean it's it's all alive and well and that's for sure and like it's funny to see the origins and how they all harken back to the same you know from the same branches of the tree if you will yeah and i'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because those influences are important in moving art forward if you pull from those old samurai movies like Star Wars does, you can transpose them in new ways and in new worlds and in new aesthetics and it becomes something new and, and interesting. So it's always important to go back and revisit these cartoons just for yourself, but also for inspiration because you never know where inspiration is going to come from. And there's a lot of art in these episodes and shorts and I mean... Going back down to just the set design of this, there's so much you could pull from in any type of art form. And I love that. It's it's endlessly watchable. Oh, yeah. And like, obviously, it came out so many decades ago and we could still watch it and laughing our butts, butts off, you know. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're a kid or grown up. Like, you, you just, you get it. And exactly. that's kind of what makes, you know, all of Looney Tunes so classic and so adored by people like us. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Matt Gondek. This is a follow-up shout out because I've already mentioned his exhibit before, but this time my wife and I actually were able to make it out to his exhibit called Control, where it was just a bunch of classic animated characters with half of their faces blown off, and it was a joy to see. And I will have those pictures taken from the exhibit on our Podbean page. And you can uh, scroll through and see all of the art that we found. That was just incredible. And I'm so glad we were able to see this before it ended. And I'm glad that we were able to get these pictures and bring them to you, uh, dear listeners. So uh, thank you. And um, I hope you enjoy those. And I would be remiss if I did not bring up Duck Dodgers in the live action and animation hybrid film Looney Tunes Back in Action, where Duck Dodgers appears in the third act to pretty much save the day. What are you gonna do? What would Damien Drake do? What would Duck Dodgers do? Wait a minute, I am Duck Dodgers. Yes, I'm going to be the hero of this picture. Duck Dodgers to the rescue. Duck Dodgers to the rescue. Duck Dodgers. Duck. And, um, yeah, I just, I love this character and I love that he keeps showing up in these really fun ways. And, uh, let's jump into the new Duck Dodgers that came out in 2003, 
to 2005 a short-lived series, but it definitely made an impact on the people that saw it and watched it as kids. Curse you, Duck Dodgers! Duck Dodgers? Duck Dodgers? Duck Dodgers? Who is this Duck Dodgers fellow? Uh, he's the mangiest, most low-downiest space hero in the galaxy. I think I've died and gone to heaven. Oh, completely, completely. Um, one of the later episodes, one of the last episodes, I believe, I believe on the third season, which is like always held high in my heart. And if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Highly recommend it. Especially if you've ever heard like heavy rock or metal, because none other than Dave Mustaine of Megadeth makes a cameo in it as himself. And they actually perform a song on that episode. It's so great from the from the very beginning of the episode where um, Marvin is talking about they replace all music with easy jazz listening. <laughs> <laughs> to lull everyone into a sense of oh we're just gonna be t- taken over by all the martians a sense of ease no one will care and dodgers refers to it as as a uh, elevator music which is you know apt <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, comes up with a plan to unthaw uh a rock legend in dave mustaine It, I believe it was like their version of the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and they have like Paul McCartney and Jim Morrison. They're all like frozen. Madonna. Uh, Madonna frozen in the basement there, and they're like, oh yeah, they're just here frozen. We can just unthaw <laughs> them, whatever. And and of course, you know, Dodger's way of unthawing them is by sticking them in the microwave. <laughs> and right as he presents him, he says, "Well, here's Dave Mustaine. He might be a little frozen in the middle." <laughs> like a burrito. <laughs> and uh yeah, this episode took me by surprise. Um I actually did not grow up with this show, but I have seen a few episodes out of uh continuity and uh, there is no continuity. It's just all over the place and they pull from such random source material and like there's even a Samurai Jack episode and it's just it's amazing the art that goes into this but also the storytelling and the comedy it's on the same level as that original short we just reviewed and I couldn't be happier with this show and I can't wait to watch even more of it but this episode in particular uh, is called In Space No One Can Hear You Rock <laughs> which is yes. just an apt and amazing title and uh it came out on november 4th 2005 and as danny said it was near the end of the series run which is really unfortunate i wish this went longer um Same. i feel like i was because i had just graduated high school and was starting college at this time and i was not able to watch cartoons because i was you know neck deep in homework but um 
I would have loved to uh, go back in time and told myself, hey, check this out. It's actually worth watching. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's so many reasons why that's just like such an, a beautiful episode. Obviously, the title harkens back to the original tagline for Alien, No One Can Hear You Scream in Space, which is just like shocked people. And just that one poster alone is iconic for, for Alien. And obviously, that's where they get the, the title of the of the episode right you know when they're talking about the background for those of you who aren't familiar with dave mustaine and megadeth who and, is dave and, mustaine danny <laughs> it'd have to be the loudest noise ever heard you want loud nobody rocked louder faster and harder than dave mustaine who you know dave mustaine of megadeth he was apparently raised, raised by, by wolverines <laughs> And uh, they show him in like a classic VH1 behind the music uh, type special that the Dodgers is showing the the rest of them. It's it's so funny and so short, and it's just like a, a teaser clip. And they're like, "Where's the rest of it?" He's like, "There was more." <laughs> yeah, he had record. Duck Dodgers had recorded this over some VHS tape from the past, and and uh, <laughs> he had stopped recording right after this little segment of absurdity. Um, and uh, yeah, Dave Mustaine has to save the Earthlings from the Martians and their Martian rule. Thankfully, he remembers at the right plot point. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah, he comes out of the the microwave with amnesia and not really remembering who he is, but right at the right moment, he just with the guitar in his hand, they they just start playing Back in the Day, which is like the most perfect song you could pick for an episode like this. You know, it talks about the older days of rock and how, you know, it doesn't matter if you were there, like, you know, it changed everything and how it's like a way of life. It's such a like deep and like like almost spiritual song for me, as I'm sure it is for many others. And, you know, also the fact they're in the future who they brought back this musician and they're talking about a song called Back in the Day. It's it's just it's serendipitous, like the fact that they had the forethought to pick this band with that song title specifically with such great lyrics. Yeah, and I also I love the fact that their spaceships start shooting lasers <laughs> at the uh, at, as the music goes jetting out into the atmosphere. It's the perfect climax for this uh, episode. Yeah, another um, great little tidbit that I've always just been stuck in my head is uh, the Martian Queen. As soon as the music comes on. She says, what is this vile cacophony? And I always thought that'd be such a great name for a band. And there was like at least a year or two in high school where I was trying to start a band. And I was like, we should name it Vile Cacophony. That's awesome. Like, like literally, I'm not just, you know, making this up. And of course, when the, the, the Martian spaceships start trying to fire on Megadeth, you know, of course, it turns out they have a laser cannon attached to his guitar. So as he's doing his solo, he's just shooting these lasers at the the, the rockets. You get all the action, at the the ships. It's just it's beautiful. It's at the peak of the music with the guitar solo, and it's just it's it's just peak excitement just right then and there. 
And you also mentioned that the very last joke is Marvin saying it's too loud. And that's a reference to something that's important to pop culture. Oh, oh, very much. Any any true person who listens to rock the way I do will, will know the quote from Ted Nugent. There's a saying, Milo, if it's too loud, you're too old. Which are the last two lines, basically, in the show where Marvin's covering his ears and he's like, it's too loud. And Dodger responds with, you're too old. <laughs> and it is just so perfect. Like it, it just puts the little cherry on top right at the end. And I mean, what more is there to say? Like it's, it's just a perfect episode. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is in the, in the time frame of this era of, of uh, storytelling, we need to cement this episode and like freeze it and send this to the future. Like this is perfect. This is something we should encapsulate and show future selves. This is the peak of humanity. Right. And I mean, it just goes back to everything we were talking about. Like, like it, they were honoring the past and yeah. bringing it into the future. Exactly. And, and it's just, it's, it's everything, every reason why Duck Dodgers as an episode is so great. Why he, uh, he himself as a character is just like so hilarious and modern. And like, you could watch it anytime. You could show it to your kids, your nephews, your cousins. And I'd show you, it to my grandma. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think she'd get it, but, but I'd show it to but, her. Uh, this is important, Grandma. <laughs> you know. This is cinema. Obviously, we're huge fans. We're nerds. We're geeking out over this. But, you know, uh, they're not the only cartoon to have featured a major, you know, artist. You know, some a little more poppy than others. But, you know, the Simpsons movie had Green Day on it. Oh, yeah. I barely remember that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Family Guy had a Kiss cameo in there where uh, they did a whole bit with that. They played like maybe 10 seconds of the song and then they go into a bit where Lois doesn't know the lyrics and everyone gets mad at her. And they're like, I don't believe in the future anymore or whatever and right. walk off stage. And, you know, we had... Absurd exa exaggeration. Yeah, we've, we've had extremely classic ones from... You know, back in the day from Scooby-Doo, had Sonny and Cher on, for those of you that remember that. We had, I remember that. Yeah, we had uh, Weird Al appear in Batman, The Brave and the Bold. You know, that was definitely unexpected, but, you know, it was a fun episode with Batmite. So that was, wasn't was too out the blue, I guess. Anytime Batmite showed up, it was great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For that sure. show is so underrated. Yeah. and I really enjoyed that. And I mean, just The Simpsons alone has had countless countless like michael jackson the ramones obviously the green day in the movie they've been around for so long i mean they had to pull from something and uh, at the beginning of the you know the simpsons era it was they were pulling from movies and uh, just redoing some of the plots and uh, putting a parody of that out there but later on they turned to music and and yeah they, they were able to get some pretty good bands and um i i'm a fan of whenever uh, animation brings in vocal talent or uh, music to uh, inter be introduced to a younger generation. I think that's that's what the point is. But yeah, I, I it's it's uh it's a good thing to educate children and music and musicians and uh, especially Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Although I as as a metal fan myself, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, the episode of SpongeBob 
where Pantera plays. And I just, that was just so out the blue. You know, I remember watching that and like didn't know who that that band was. And I was just like, what is this weird music? And, you know, years later, I'm just like, oh, my God, I remember that. That that was so epic. I just didn't realize it. You know, which, which, you know, a lot of the Looney Tunes, there's a lot of jokes that go over your head. Exactly. And and you go back and rewatch it and you're like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, no, like, yeah, that's not for kids. It's not for kids. And uh, there's a warning about that <laughs> on the DVD collection. Um, and uh, I, I just wanted to shout out the creators of this show that we have to thank. Um, Spike Brandt, Tony Servone, uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Paul Dini, who also developed... And was uh, pivotal in Tiny Toons and Batman the Animated Series. Um, and uh, Tom Minion. Like, these these guys, like, they saw the potential of an entire series based around a short or a couple of shorts where Duck, Duck Dodgers existed. And they were like, we're going to do an entire series. And it lasted for three years. Uh, wish it lasted longer, but we got three years of it. So... I'm really thankful for that and uh, thankful for them for coming up with this pitch. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to the voices of Daffy, who is uh, voiced by Joe Alasky, and Porky, voiced by Bob Bergen. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because I've spoken about him a bit when I reviewed The Curse of the Monkey Bird, the new short by uh, HBO Max and Warner Brothers Animation. They are going to be presenting these new cartoons on HBO Max, and Bob Bergen will be the voice of Porky, and he is he's just amazing at Porky. Like, it it sounds exactly like Mel Blanc. It, it's uncanny. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of these guys, and I'm glad that they uh, were able to put the show in to, uh, to make it happen. There's another short that I wanted to highlight, which is a cameo. Well, it's a a short that has a cameo. And uh, that cameo is by Randy Savage. Attention! During these training exercises, you will report to me, Master Sergeant Emily Dickinson Jones! Um, excuse me, did you say your name was Emily? Yes, I did, soldier. Do you have a problem with that? It's just that, you know, Emily is a lady's name. <laughs> Here in the 24th and one half century, we are unencumbered by gender-based names. And my mama happens to be a fan of romantic poetry. Have I made myself clear? Yeah, um, this this episode, I, uh, I believe, was specifically requested by one of the fans. Uh, his name is Nightmare King NWO. Thank you so much for commenting. I'm reading all of the comments out there, and I'm loving everybody's enthusiasm for the show. Thank you so much. Keep them coming. Yes, the, thank you. The, um, the episode is... Uh, Back to the Academy, which has Randy Savage playing Master Sergeant Emily Dickinson Johnson. <laughs> to which, of course, Dodger immediately makes sexist jokes. And, you know, uh, Master Sergeant Emily Dickinson Johnson, a.k.a. Randy Savage, immediately goes on about how in the future, you know, the doesn't matter that you could have any name you want and how his mom was a lover of 
romantic poetry and that's why his name is technically emily and dodgers obviously is laughing his butt off it's very funny <laughs> you have this drill sergeant who has a feminine name and it's it's just very funny to see deck dodgers not be able to handle it <laughs> yeah and obviously the classic super raspy voice of of randy savage it's you know it's it's one of the most manliest voices you can find you know yeah they were like who sounds like the gruffest guy in the world oh randy savage of course and so every time he opens his mouth it's hysterical it seems that we've reached an understanding emily emily <laughs> An authority hater, eh? Drop and give me 50. <laughs> um, so now I want to throw it over to the game because we have some really cool stuff to talk about with these characters and their appearance in the world of mayhem. Starting with Duck Dodgers, a space epic attacker, and he's listed as a bird hero. I have no idea what's going on there, but I love Duck Dodgers. Uh, he's such a powerful attacker, and he reduces the cooldowns of his special skills uh, to deal massive amounts of damage. Currently, he's in uh, he's in my top 20, but he's definitely number one uh, when it comes to my space characters. His skill set includes the trick shot the 24th and a half century, which is a special attack, a secret weapon, captain's heroism, and challenge accepted. So I highly recommend getting da uh, Duck Dodgers in the game. Kachutha Sayum. Uh, he is a, a WB Studios character, a rare defender, and a monster mastermind, a powerful tank who's able to lifesteal while taunting and deal large amounts of damage to his enemies. And his character design is based on a Klingon, I believe, thanks to Danny's research. And the skill set includes the barbarian bashing, arg, uh, the clunk and rage, defender of the clan and leader of the clunkins so yeah that's uh a, he's a pretty powerful character i think he's your, he's your most powerful character right now right yeah he's my main he's my heavy hitter like i, I have him on pretty much whenever i can and he easily knocks out characters it's, his powers his uh special attacks are just overpowered so he's great to have in a pinch yeah Lastly, we have a Space Cadet, who is a space character, rare support, pig hero, and he is a supportive tune able to give his allies lots of defense and heal his tanks. So he's very important to have on your team. His skill set includes the Equalizer, Recovery Sphere, Belittling Wave, Cadet Heroism, and he's just overall well-rounded, and I really enjoy having him on my space missions uh, whenever I go out into space and battle. Let's uh, throw it over to Acme and see what they got going on over there.
Are you a space commander in the 24th and a half century in search of top-of-the-line weapons of mass disintegration? Come on down to Planet Acme, where we have the cutting-edge edge cutters, disintegrating disintegrators, and if you're feeling a bit nostalgic, a good old-fashioned anvil. Only at Acme, your non-stop shop for all your 24th and a half century needs. What an insane commercial that was. And that's going to do it for our episode. I want to thank Danny to my right. Thank you for being on this show. And what do you have going on? Uh, Thanks for asking. Um, I have a novel that takes place on Mars. It actually leans towards hard sci-fi. It's very much uh, down to Mars, I guess you would say, down to Earth. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. no aliens. There's no post-apocalypse. Nothing crazy. I feel like humans have enough drama. You know, I don't need to. I don't need to bring any extra terrestrial. You know. ETs or or anything crazy into it to draw to draw comparing uh, a compelling narrative and you know it's it takes place in the near future you know very science based very fascinating I cannot wait to read it and where can people find you online online you can find me at platypus physicist on Instagram and that's basically the only place you can find me for now. For now. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thank you, Danny, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And all of your insight into Duck Dodgers. And I look forward to talking more with you about these cartoons. And hopefully I can have you back on the show. Thank you very much. And you can follow us at This Means Pod on Twitter. And This Means Podcast on all social media. And you can follow me at The Dark Pilgrim. That will do it for us. And that's not all, folks. <laughs> Dodgers.